Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Jungle Brothers podcast. It's me, Joey, and Paulie. Hey, bro. Good to have you with us. Good to be here. I say that. We, us, is us. This is the crew. Guys, today we're going into uh, a bit of a chat about some inner workings of the gym. Um, it's a topic we've visited in the past, programming. Um, and you can go back to older episodes and we sort of break down parts about the fight programming and lifting and, and body weight and that kind of thing. Today we're talking about it more from a general perspective about what goes into it um, and how we sort of run the gym, really what the nuts and bolts are behind running a gym that has like seven or eight different class programs. What's that? Seven. Yeah. You have seven. to count my fingers. Count, yeah. <laughs> Fucking how many fingers are you holding up, bro? Um, which is a lot. So we're going to go into that a little bit. And I think this is really relevant for anyone who trains with us, uh, anyone who wants to better understand their training in general, but also anyone that's looking to sort of open their own gym or uh, coach some clients. It's good to just know how many options or different ways of doing it. Because there's a few things we do that are not entirely conventional. And I think it's, uh, we kind of dig that. And I think for certain folks that works well. We actually um, have eight programs now that we've got jujitsu. Eight pro, there you go. And jujitsu has... Well, you could argue it's got two because it's got the foundation or the fundamentals class and then the regular class. So let's say nine just to bulk up those numbers, <laughs> get those rookie numbers up. A um, couple things, dudes. Thank you, Panavor. We're drinking the coffee today. You guys are fucking legends. I had yep. breakfast there this morning. Tree's the man. Uh, we got the JB games on this Saturday. By the time you're listening to this, it'll be on this Saturday, which is the 19th of June. All tribe members uh, are required to attend. So make sure you're there. It's going to be a huge day. Um, and then the second thing to mention is that our next Coaches Intensive, which is a two-day event on a weekend, is coming up on August 21st and 22nd. Uh, it's for any coach or aspiring coach who wants to be eligible to join the Jungle Alliance and who wants to become a world-class coach and maybe even someday open up their own fitness business and or gym. Um, August 21, 22, junglebrothers.com. Get at us through the contact form if you're interested and I'll follow up to have a chat with you about that. Uh, this programming piece. So I thought we could start off by telling folks um, what the recent changes have been with team moving up north mm. um, because I, and, and me moving out because some programs have changed hands, even looking at like the lift program. Um, what's, I know you've recently stepped in on body weight. Correct. What was going on there? Um, body weight, the body weight program f was, well, history lesson for the kids. There was actually two body weight programs back in the day. There was movement prep and there was jungle gymnastics. Movement yeah. prep was T's brainchild and, and jungle gymnastics was yours. Yep. And about two and a half years ago, I'm totally guessing, um, we put them together and birthed the body weight program. Yep. Was one. I had to force T to do that. He fought it for so long. He did, didn't he? Yeah, he did. There was an interesting evolution there. Probably because it was your idea. Yeah, that's it, right. It didn't matter what. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't give a fuck if it was About good the or details. Not. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Like this is interesting for to tell people like how that how we got to that point, mm. which was um, when we started the gym. We had one class which was called strength and movement, and I wrote it. And it was kind of like that evolved over time. Really in the beginning, it kind of looked like CrossFit with some kind of animal crawling and stuff like that. Mm. And then I got sort of more into the movement thing. And then it started to look, you started to see more movement-based stuff in there. And so then I thought, well, I want to do 
more bodyweight strength training, which was really kind of, I was getting from the movement thing. So we started jungle gymnastics. So we had strength and movement and jungle gymnastics and mm. they were our two classes. And jungle gymnastics was like, I'd say compared to bodyweight, it was quite a cowboy-esque. It was like <laughs> pretty complex <laughs> stuff, pretty hard progressions, mm. obviously providing regressions, like easier variations of movements for people who needed them. But it was kind of throwing people in at like quite a high level. Um, that went on for some years and then T started going on his own journey with the, what's it called? Gymnastic bodies, GST. Yes. Gymnastic strength training. Yeah. Yep. So he was following that through gymnastics bodies and he, and that was a, was a different approach to building body weight strength. And it was more based around volume and it was more based around like probably kind of more boring, like drier exercises, but like quite a high volume of them and really building this solid foundation. And he got really good results from that. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's like, hey, I want to put on this new class. And, uh, you know, and it's like, it's, it's, it's more of a prep thing. It's not, you know, it's not dealing with those complex skills. It's more of like this ground level stuff. So he thought, well, that seems like a good idea. Like Both of them were very popular. Yeah, hugely. Both huh? great classes. Yeah. Um, so then back to where you were saying a couple of years ago, we decided to integrate them. Why did we do that? I was, I was looking at it. it was, I wanted it because I didn't like, it was confusing for members. Yes. That's and, what it was. and by the nature of T, if you know T, he's, he's a, he's a good salesman. He had a way of telling everyone that they had to come to movement prep. Like everyone has to come to that class every week. It's like the, the most important class yes. to build the foundation and blah, blah. And you know, it's like, yeah, it is a really important class. Um, but the silly thing is, is yes. that it's almost competing with this other program. Yes, yes. So I'm like, we don't need to do that. We only like, we already run, like at that time, we also had a lift class. We also had a fight factory class. No jits. No jits. Uh, we also had a stretch class. So we were already offering a shitload of classes. So it's like, dude, we don't need to keep these competing programs mm-hmm. that are essentially addressing the same thing in a yep. different way. Yeah. Let's just merge them. And then it's great. Like it's uniformed. Um, yep. So that was the, totally. the, the force. Yeah. When I think about it now, like if you were to look at that um, uh, uh, and the, if, if it was true that movement prep was, um, a broader entry level to body weight movement um, and jungle gymnastics was mid-level. Um, what we did there with putting them together is, and it took some time, definitely like all the classes do, you workshop the class, how do you think uh, it should be? And then it goes out there and then you have to adjust it through a bunch of phases until you feel like you know, you've come up with something that, that sticks. Um, but now we've got a, a, a program where you can get both inside of that. Um, and it's really great and it's been great for the last few years where you have people doing very much that joint preparation work, whether that's in the mobility stuff that we're doing in that class or it's, like you said, the higher volume stuff with simpler patterns under no little, like smaller loads. So you're doing the bent arm thing, but you're just doing 60 reps a workout um, and the intensity is lower and you're still washing the joints, prepping the tissue for the greater loads to come. Or if you, because we have a mastery system inside of that, if you are more advanced and you're already experienced or you've been busting out this mastery progressions for a couple of years and you're up there, then you're working next to your compadre there, but you're doing a heavier version of that, a more advanced version of that pattern. 
Yeah, so it, it, it caters for all levels. Yes. And it provides people with a roadmap, doesn't it? Yeah, and what was happening before was um, you would say you had three hours or two hours of training a week and whatever, you lifted once and then you did movement prep once. Um, and it was just that, that time slot where you – so you're either like working a lot on prepping and never getting to some higher skilled stuff – or you were just jumping on the higher skill stuff when you needed to do the movement prep. So logistically, it, it, it solved a, a problem there as well because different levels can be in the same hour and be working at their level. That makes sense. Yeah. That was, yeah. It was like, a good solution. Yeah, because I, I guess think like when you – one of the main considerations for any sm- like group program is that it is a group program. Mm. It's not necessary – like it's not catered to each individual – but something like the mastery system you're talking about goes partway towards catering for the individual, doesn't it? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it was really important. And I think um, like a lot of the things that happened, like say that evolved with the program, evolved in the way they did because of what had happened uh, previously. So like T's, T's journey in his own training took that path because he had been on the path with he was doing a bit of the movement stuff with me, but it wasn't working for him. So he looked elsewhere and then started to get, gain some different perspectives. And then that feeds back into what's being programmed. And then over time, those two things combine to make one program. And it sort of just, it continues to evolve. I think that's really important to mention is that all of our programs continue to evolve every day. Like there's never a point where we write a class program, like say I've, I've programmed S&M strength and movement for like, since we opened the gym, right? So for, I don't know, fucking seven, eight years or whatever, but I've never once repeated, like uh, repeated a program. It's new all the time. And it's because you can't go, like you never want to go back because you have new information, new insights, a different perspective on things. So of course it has to change as you move forward. Absolutely. You use the same movements, but the program itself will always be a little unique. Yeah. Um, you might pair it with something different or the accessory work is different. Um, yeah, plus the other thing that changes all the time is the people you're delivering it to, um, which is a huge factor here. Um, or the way that we've chosen to do things here is, yeah, we have um, programs in mind, say, for the year, um, but depending on what's going on in the gym or what's going on in life, flashback to COVID, for instance, like things have to change to adjust for the attention or the way that the person's going to receive it. Like you would for any program, it's got to be relevant and, and, and it's got to meet the person, the individual where, where they're currently at. So for us, yeah, there's those considerations and they come in so many different forms like COVID, like cold, like it's really chilly now at the moment. So program's got to look out for that too seasonally. Um, and then, you know, uh, OGs, you know, people who need more variety. So it's it's really like they can't get attached to it because they've done that too much. So you're trying to work out another way around around it. So there's yeah, it's there's lots of things that go into programming. That um yeah, it's really it's a cool thing to to learn for for me in the recent years and to apply and I, I enjoy it. You know, when you write a good program. And you, you're always looking for the feedback, whether it's from your client or from the classes. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a fucking mad thing. I mean, like this week, 
I'm doing my coaching on the side here and I'm, I'm seeing people programming because I'm now do, doing the body weight um, program now that T's gone and just seeing everyone and this, it's a busy morning, it's a big class and just seeing people doing your program, smiles on their face, it's working, that type of thing, then getting good feedback, it's very satisfying. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I mean, <clears throat> I guess to really to really go like beginner level for, for people who are listening, mm. the – the, the idea of programming is that you you have a goal in mind that you want the people who come and train in your gym to achieve. And so obviously within a certain class like body weight, we have goals that are driven around certain body weight adaptations. So maybe it's skill driven, like I really want people to be able to handstand and I really want people to be able to do five muscle ups and blah, blah, blah. But then also um, you're, you're considering restrictions. So you're like, oh, okay, well, man, everyone's got really tight shoulders. So the handstands are actually not working very well. Um, the people aren't quite strong enough with their pulling stuff. Like, so we're not going to get to the muscle up unless we address that. So you're looking at where you want to get to. You're considering yes. who you're working with. And then you lay out over a time frame. well, how do we get from where we are to where we want to go? Mm. And there's the science at that point. You're like, you've got the science to kind of and the, and the principles of, of training, whether it's the principles of strength or flexibility, and there's many of them, and some of them are in, you know, at ends with each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah as well. And, and, yeah, others are just non-negotiable. Like, a, a, it's, it's a fact, and, and you work with that science with these other factors that we were just talking about, and you, you set out a plan, don't you? Yeah. And then, and then obviously, like, you – you, you put it in like you go okay this is what it's going to be and so you, you throw it into the system and it pops up and the classes begin and you might have labored over that thing for hours days weeks even <laughs> and be like this is the one like this is the <laughs> fucking sickest program and then at the next coaches development meeting one of the coaches says oh, i ran that new bodyweight program it fucking sucked like people weren't into it the, the combination of like moving from that thing on the stall bars to that thing on the, on the rings who just didn't work. People's shoulders blew out. Like, and you're like, Oh fuck. Like I didn't even, I this thought I had addressed everything, but mm -hmm. it's, you know, the point is there's so many things that go into making a good program, mm -hmm. especially when you're talking about a, a room full of adults. Mm -hmm. It's not just what's the perfect set of exercises, mm -hmm. but it's like, what are the logistics of the room? Where's everyone at? Um, what gets the energy up? Are they staying warm enough? Is there enough blood moving? What's in the other programs in the gym at the time? Right. So you're not doubling up between like what's happening in strength and movement and body weight lift. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So there's all these different things that come into it. And so uh, the way that we do it, and this is again, kind of talking to people who are like less familiar with how we run at the gym. We do it for the most part, most of the, most of the classes are programmed on like a six to 12 week basis. And depending on the, on the class type, like the program, it might have a bit of a goal, say, for the year. But then, you know, each, uh, each cycle will be written in six to 12-week blocks. Um, and it'll evolve from there. What's body yep. weight written in? Six weeks. Six weeks. Yep. Six weeks is nice. You know, it's, it's enough time for people to get enough repetition of a thing in order to get good at it. But it's also not so long that people get super bored of it. Absolutely. And it still falls in the, the guidelines um, of, uh, you know, progressively overloading and then needing time. And that's that window between six to eight weeks where you, if you are following it strictly and you're, you're potentially working really at really high intensities, you know, you want to cool off after about that period of time. 
Um, but it is six weeks. Yeah, it's enough. It's enough time for for people to get familiar with with elements. We might mix that up later in the year. Um, you know, like we've just been talking about, always looking for different ways to do things um, when you know new things come to light. Um, but yeah, that's that's six weeks. I believe that uh, that S and M is also running on a six week cycle at the moment as well. Yeah, yeah. I always did that in six week blocks. Mm. Why, tell me this, and this is really a question for people who are less familiar with the whole thing. Why, why do it for six weeks? Why not just change it every week? Um, well, you mean like one program from, yeah, one week yeah, to Yeah, like next? why not just fucking do this today and then tomorrow let's just do something completely different and just keep doing that. Oh, well, when you look at it from a, a skill-based point of view, um, it's very difficult to get good at something if you're just doing it, things at random. Um, so from the skill perspective... Um. Yeah, you, you for for to learn a skill, you want to be doing something frequently, even if it's for a period of time. So lots of repetition, um, whether that's you know fighting, you know, and that's very obvious. You want to do lots of reps on the bag, or whether it's something like a body weight strength thing, because strength is very much a skill as well. Where do my shoulders go? In what position? What muscles am I trying to recruit, etc.? So you want some repetition so you can get good at the thing. Um, from a physical adaptation perspective, um, you also want to be doing, if you want to get a, a specific kind of adaptation out of something, like you want to get stronger, then you've got to work on, say, that pattern or that muscle group repetitively for a period where you're like working it really hard and stressing that out, giving it some time to recover, and then going back at it um, during this whole phase of kind of building that strength. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Um, so yeah, so there's, the, there's a, about a six to, uh, you said 12 week cycle. Um, those 12 week cycles don't happen that often here, often in the lift program, we'll stretch it out that, that long. Um, but we're generally around six. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you can give and take, right. But, and there's different, there's fluctuations in intensity and all that sort of thing mm. over say a 12 week block. Yeah, but it's more, I guess, just thinking like you, you kind of you have this predetermined time frame, and you're like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna design a thing that fits into this time frame, yeah, and that's gonna take people on this journey, and yep. then when we come out of it, hopefully, if it's if I've done an okay job and they've come consistently and the coaches coach pretty well, then people have gone from here to here, or at least from here to here. Yes, yeah, you know, that's that's what you're looking for. Um, yeah, right. So, I mean, it's important to mention that because, you know, there's gyms out there where it is a different workout every day. And, like, that's really exciting, right? It's kind of fun. I've done it before when I've trained at different CrossFit gyms and stuff. It's just like, what are we doing today? And someone, I don't know if they thought it up on the spot or, you know, mm. and we've done that in the past, like in the very early days. Mm. Just, fuck, here, let's do this. And it's like, oh, sick. All right, cool. And, you know, it's making you fit and capable because you're, like, constantly changing things. Yep. But we know, science shows, that if you don't have that consistent exposure yeah. to the same things over some kind of medium to long-term time frame, you don't actually develop these high skill or high strength abilities. Yeah, um, yeah totally. So it just, it just goes hand in hand. It's like, hey, if you want to achieve great things in the gym, there has to be an element of consistency. Um, the trade-off is there it can be a little bit boring sometimes. Totally. Um, and uh, uh, I'm thinking of the programs themselves and, and maybe if people are less familiar with training, training programs, it doesn't mean to say the whole workout 
is the same. Um, when I think to it, often um, when lifting, you know, and, and building strength with your lifts, those tend to be more rigid, those programs, because you're really trying to measure things and track your progress with that. Um, when I look at, say, the S&M and the bodyweight program, um, what you have is with a lot of programs is you have the primary movements the same all the time for that phase. doesn't mean to say that the warm-up can't be different to a degree and that the accessory stuff that you do different as well. So this is a way that you can, um, you know, keep people engaged, whether it's in the group or whether it's a, a one-on-one type of thing. It's like you, if you want to learn freaking whatever it is, body weight, handstands, and you've got to repeat a bunch of shit. But you can also, you know, if you're doing it for a long period of time, you, you can also warm up a little different um, every time as long as you're opening the shoulders or – you know, a different pattern of kick-ups just to get engaged and get your brain thinking and then your accessory work, it can vary as well. And, um, you know, here we will say it's a six-week program. We often have um, like a, the workout piece in an S&M, um, the, the Metcon, that will have three different workouts for the first three weeks and then we'll double those down, which I think works really well. So there's a bit of variety in the first three weeks and then you get to have another go at them. Yeah, they roll around. In the second half, yep. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, so what you're pointing to there is what we try and do is strike a balance between the con- enough consistency so that people get better. Yes. But then also enough variety so that they stay engaged. Correct. And this is, you know, a sim- like a way to think about it is you can write the most awesome program for someone that ticks absolutely every box in terms of um, all of the science, all of the fucking progressions, like absolutely everything on point. Mm -hmm. But if the person who's doing it thinks it's boring and they don't show up again after the first workout, then your program was a waste of time. So there has to be an acknowledgement in a group program and even in a one-to-one program of keeping it engaging. Mm -hmm. And the ratio of that can shift a little bit, but it's like, we know consistency is important. We know that it's also going to be fun and engaging. So it's like, all right, let's get the best of both worlds. Yeah. And that, um, yeah, like you said, it's for groups especially and sometimes definitely for, for one-on-one unless you have a whole gym of robots. Yeah. Or a client that, who operates well like that, you know, and, you know, it's always individual but if someone's there and they're like they're very open to that sort of thing or their personality type is very much, you know, counting ones and twos and they're very logical about their steps forward or they have a very specific goal that can help them cut through the monotony of something because they're like, well, my wedding or whatever it is at this particular date, I need to do this, then maybe you can meet them there. But for the majority of people, um, it's, it's a tough thing to just say, look, this is your program. You do every rep that's here at the weights that I prescribe and, and that's it. Um, yeah, especially, yeah, when people are, uh, uh, are coming to the gym for general health and well-being as you, opposed to, yeah, goal-specific. That's right. You've got to know why someone's coming to train mm. with you, don't you? Yeah. And, you know, that's an interesting thing for, for like a group program because you do have people that come into the gym here that are like, I want to get better at Olympic weightlifting. Like I'm, I'm keen on, you know, whatever the mobility and a bit of jits, but I really want to dial in my weightlifting versus someone that's like, oh yeah, like the weightlifting class is fun. I like to come to that once a week. Or the classic, what class is on now? 
What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and when they say to you, so do you just Fine. come up with this workout on the day or like who's, you know, and you're like, motherfucker. They are, oh my yeah. God. But yeah, so like <laughs> if you have those two people, someone that's taking it very seriously, wants the di- most direct line towards mm-hmm. their goals. Mm-hmm. And then you got someone that's just trying to like, you know, stay in a bit better shape, have a bit of fun, likes coming to the mm-hmm. gym because they don't want to go home so early. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's a, it's a unique challenge to try and run a class that, hits the mark for both people. Yeah. Our, our approach to that typically has always been cater it to the person that is uh, chasing the goals harder. Mm-hmm. Cater to them and then the other people will get swept up along the way and they'll yep. have a good time too. Totally. And obviously, I mean, like you touched on the warm-ups and whatnot, like you use moments where you can to bring some variety and bring some fun to what could be sometimes a bit of a dry approach. Totally. Yeah. T had a good analogy for that, which was um, putting. Has uh, it got a car the, in it? Putting in the, the vegetables. Oh, putting the vegetables <laughs> through the meat sauce. Oh yes, yeah, like yeah, for yes. your kids. Yes, I should have known. It was the other yeah. analogy that he uses. Yeah, all the time. that or like little Timmy. Is it little Timmy <laughs> little or little Timmy. Johnny? He's always Johnny. talking about. Yeah, yeah, little Johnny in trying to make that handstand goal. Yeah, it's Johnny or it's the car. Yeah, you got a race car. You want to take it out on the track. But yeah, so there's there's a few considerations there. Um, so you got body weight now. Mm-hmm. What is give me like a basic breakdown of like what that class consists of, like in terms the of individual like, class. Yeah. So like, all right, first part we're doing this, then we're doing that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a one hour class. Um, so there is a, a warm up, um, and it's a it's always a very accessible warm up. Some of our warm ups, you know, throw people in the deep end which is cool too. This one's quite accessible. It's uh, rotations, etc. Just warming the body up. Now it's colder, so we're just trying to, we are trying to be a bit more dynamic with it. Um, but it's it's warming up in general. Then you have a uh, the main part of the class, um, which is um, it's about a 20-minute period um, where we work on um, this mastery system that I touched on before. Um, I'll just hash over the whole thing. So you're going through the mastery system, you're working on a couple of ladders of your mastery and you're doing a bit of mobility work and you're kind of supersetting this in this main portion of the class. That goes for a 20-minute chunk of time. Um, after that, we have uh, a 10-minute time to to play on what we call an overreach, which is a, a higher-level skill um, that most people don't have access to. Um, it's something that's out of reach. And we get to play with that movement. Um, we have ways of spotting that movement so you can get a feel for it, whether it's with external support with the walls or with a partner spotting you or partners. Sometimes they're in threes. And then after that, we have a strength con, which is some accessory stuff um, to support, you know, the program, the main movement, main movements. Um, yeah, that's the parts of it. So like looking at those those three major chunks, the the mastery piece, the overreach, and then the strength con, mm. what is it like, how do they, how does the, the relationship between those three parts play out together? Uh, so, well, I guess I got to talk about the mastery, don't I? Yeah. 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 Um, so in the bodyweight program, um, there is a, a, a mastery, a roots mastery system, and that is um, a a couple of ladders of progressions in different patterns of the body. We have push, pull, trunk, handstand, and lower. Um, And along these kind of movement pattern ladders, 
um, we have you know a ladder of progressions. So there's a bottom rung there and it's something that's very accessible for people. And the idea is that you don't move up that ladder until you master that particular movement on that rung. And going back to as to why the mastery system, and it's kind of important to mention when we talked about body weight before emerging the two classes is um, because um, we were finding like a long time ago, uh, there were people potentially skipping over some bits of some foundational parts of building that particular pattern. Um, so we wanted to provide a, a space for people to continue to work on foundational stuff in the class. So you can always come back and we, what, what happens is like back in the say, to use jungle gymnastics as an example. Um, Don't you fucking hang shit on well, the <laughs> Well, this is kind of the reason why, you know, so those, uh, it, it not everyone can train like that, say, um, and, uh, you know, and, and often you'd have uh, coaches won't necessarily train like that either. Um, it just provides a space for people to work on their weaknesses. So where their weakness is on that, that ladder. So they come in and they, they're, they're where they need to be on that particular ladder and they can work on it. So we have this space where people will do this thing that we were talking about before is repeating keep on working on that weak point until you get through that weak point and then you move up that particular ladder. So some people are on one rung of one ladder and their pull's doing really good but their push isn't doing so well. So anyway, that 20-minute part is where you're working on a couple of the mastery um, ladders there and also with a bit of mobility work um, kind of inside of that the overreach part is for people to have a play with something like i said it's a bit harder and uh i think yeah that that serves a few purposes um one is the engagement side of things um and you spoke spoke about it being kind of dry like working on your weak points like all the time is kind of dry especially if you know the thing that you see that you want to do is so far away um so it just provides some space for people to play with that and connect with where where they're going. It's a bit of fun. It's a bit of fun. Yep. It's a bit of fun and a bit of an eye-opener and a bit of a like, oh, shit. You could be here. You could be here or also like, oh, fuck, that's the intensity that you actually have to work at to hold that. There's two people holding me up and I still can't feel it. It helps us coach it, um, coach the dry stuff because it's like, man, if you can't feel what's going on, you know, when you're deloaded, and yeah, it's just, it just it helps build that context for people as well. And it's a bit of fun, really. Um, and then you have the last bit, which is the accessory stuff, um, which is just there basically to support the primary movement. I mean, in it, it builds a bit of a sweat and it gets people... That's you know, the second part of that last bit, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so there's the overreach fun play and there's the accessory stuff, which is a bit of accessory and hypertrophy as well. Um, to support that primary movement or the primary patterns of body weight movement. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that's kind of how it works. Did I miss anything there? No, not at all. That's solid. But, yeah, so I think the, the kind of the, – the way that those three things sort of um, play out is that the mastery piece is dry, the overreach is a bit of fun, and then the strength con gets a sweat up. Yeah. And it's like, and we kind of, it, we started with the mastery and then it's like, oh, fuck, we've got to add, T's like, we've got to add the overreach because it's just too dry. Yeah. And, and I think <clears throat> the strength con thing might have evolved in winter where it's like, 
the class is really great, but no one's breaking a sweat because it's all very slow and strength-based mm-hmm. and mobility-based. So I was like, all right, well, how do we get some accessory work in that's also going to let people break a bit of a sweat? Because as we know, people generally want to break a bit of a sweat when they come into the gym. Yeah, You know, like if we all trained like gymnasts, it's like it, it just doesn't – for a lot of people, it doesn't tick the box of a good workout for them, even though that workout might have been – the most effective 60 minutes of strength and mobility training they've ever done. Yeah. They're like, I didn't break a fucking sweat. Like I came here to burn calories. Yeah. So, so there's, so what we've got now is like this really nice combo. And I think that that like that it's, it's just interesting to see how that class has evolved to a point where now it's like, it really does address a multitude of things. But in that 20 minute piece where people are working on their masteries, they're really, they're getting the vegetables that are in that meat sauce. Yeah. And it's, yeah it can be dry some people find it really really interesting yeah you know people love it i mean it's for a lot of people it's a huge eye-opener because they're like they never really looked at things in that much detail because the whole thing about the body weight program is um and it's actually true of all the programs but we zero in on on quality over anything else um you know, quality over reaching for reps or doing things unbroken. It's like, it's definitely in the, when you're in the roots part. Um, and that, that means I'll explain that in a second for the beginning kind of mastery progressions, anywhere from kind of eight to 12, especially for that part. It's, it's such a workshop, like a, like a workshop where you're, you know, people are doing them and they're learning. It's motor control. It's awareness not until they get out of that and i guess this is to mention now for people's when you when you finish a roots mastery ladder and we have these these ladders these push ladders we have this next part of the program which is called the branches which is in evolution right now and and the idea there is that once you have proficient say control of your your push and and you're you're getting sufficiently strong at push and you and you've been doing that repetitively you get to the top of the ladder you then have a choice and you can start to specialize with a particular goal in that pattern push goal it could be okay now you're going on to dips and you're working towards a muscle up or it's like okay you want you're in handstand you can actually go many different routes when you hit the top of the, the handstand um tree you can start to go to different shapes so one arm handstand, one arm handstand, push-ups, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then with the pull, it's the same thing. You can start to work on the rings or you could be working on um, levers, like on the bar, etc. cetera. So, um, so, yeah, I guess I started talking about how, yeah, for a lot of people, it's an, it's an eye-opener. And actually, you know, I'm finding now mainly that's what most – a lot of people are coming to our gym for actually is the body weight program and and it's hard to see what we're doing here from the inside sometimes but yeah people are coming for the body weight stuff and you know um they're really enjoying that first block of time it's yeah you know what i mean fucking earth yeah yeah it's an amazing program yeah and it's and it's stuff that that doesn't it's not really on offer on large scale in the fitness industry you no, because they're trying to satisfy the the interest, the short term interest a lot. Well, or, yeah, or there's a there's a trade off. Anytime you you just want to give people what they want, you're like, all right, yes. well, let's just do some different shit every day. That's right. But then ultimately, people don't move anywhere. They're just doing different workouts that are whatever hard, mm-hmm. but no one's getting better at anything. 
Yeah. Besides maybe, I don't know, whatever, gas tank improves slightly. So <laughs> with something like that, where we kind of stick to our guns and we're like, no, we're going to fucking do this. Even though you do get feedback from people sometimes like, mm. oh, you know, class, you know, that class is a bit boring or, you know, I don't, I don't love it, but I know it's good for me. It's like, yes, cool. Yeah. Yep. We'll accept that because yes, yep. it fucking is good for you. Yeah. And you see all this awesome shit that people in here are doing. It's because they stuck it out in that class. Yeah. And now they're able to do awesome handstands or amazing stuff on the rings yep. Yep. because of it. And if you've, you know, if you are listening, you're like, oh, I would like to do that. Um, you're listening. So you're getting this, this story, this backstory to the program which is good, builds the, the context around it. So the, the belief is there. There's actually a method there behind the program. I guess I just wanted to mention when you do come to the gym, we don't just throw you in and expect you to know everything that's on this podcast about that program. Um, there's the foundation program where we go through all that with people, get them aligned with the idea of the whole bloody thing. So when they go in, they're like armed with this, oh, okay, this is how it all fits in. Um, and that's, that, that's a great time where you get to spend with people if you're running these foundation programs and, just enlightening on enlightening them on how it works, um, and yeah, fuck, we've had some great results you know, over time, and it's going well at the moment. We got some, um, we got some like we could talk about the other programs, but I'd like to go into kind of some of the just drill into some of those main considerations a bit bit more. Um, yeah, we're not we're not going to go too far into like what the rules of programming is. That's you know that that's whatever. If you're a coach, you already know what they are. If you're not a coach, you probably don't care that much, you know, but I do think what's interesting is um, we've got kind of in our coaches guide, which is what we, what we issue our uh, coaches with when they come and do the coaches intensive. We have this whole piece on programming. Actually, this, this whole chapter got bogged up massively in the last run of booklets uh, because we had um, uh, Lockie Simpson, the legend, he contributed mm. a big piece, which was really a breakdown of the science, but not going super deep. It's about six pages just on like hypertrophy, strength, skill development, endurance, and just giving the science behind it so that someone who's new coming in can refer to it, right? But what we're talking about here is like more overarching kind of considerations when you want to design a program. Um, and these are important because the whole programming piece is really an art form. And like I touched on before, it's never, you never master it. It's always evolving. Um, and you have to have some kind of framework to work from Otherwise, you're just kind of shooting in the dark all the time. I'm an artist. I'm an artiste. First one that we got is start with the ending mind. So having an outcome in mind before you start to design your program. Um, this is really important. I know that I've fucked up with this heaps in the, in the past where it's like, I've not particularly had an end goal in mind. I've just had like- A movement or yeah, something. Yeah, a cool exercise <laughs> that I'm like, this is the exercise you know, that people need to do. And, uh, or like, I don't know, like maybe I've had, maybe I've had an outcome in mind, but I wasn't considerate of who it's for. <laughs> it's your outcome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this is really important. So whether it's like, so say in the, what Paul just articulated for the bodyweight program, it's really clear. It's like, hey, there's these five ladders and we're trying to take you from wherever you're at to the top of the ladder. And then once you get to the top, you can choose your own adventure. Um, but that's what it is. It's like we're moving you in this line and that's what the class program delivers. It doesn't really address anything else, right? You could say, mm. like obviously there's side, there's, you know, side benefits that come along with it, but it's very clear. Um, I think about Dylan, he now programs strength and movement. Um, it's a different kettle of fish there because strength and movement is very broad. 
It's mm-hmm. like, what are the movements we're working on? Is it the same year in, year out? No, there's new stuff being added in. It's, Plus just, it's a mixture of body weight and other object training and movement. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's really broad. Mm. Um, so, you know, for someone like that and that kind of class, it's really important to have an outcome in mind. Like, all right, what am I fucking doing over the next six weeks? What are we going for here? Um, use periodization. So talking about different ways that you can periodize in your program, you can periodize. And what we're talking about here is Paulie touched on before when someone's running with a, when someone's training in a program, they can't just keep making progress week after week after week after week because the whole training process is stressful on the body. And this stress is what drives adaptation. And that adaptation is you becoming stronger or fitter or, you know, better at something. Um, but the trade-off is, is that that stress that's caused to your body, you have to be able to recover from it adequately in order to be able to develop the strength or the skill or the whatever. So there's like this uh, recovery that happens between sessions, but there's also this grander sort of recovery piece, which is if you are doing a consistent training program where you're working on something consistently for say six to 12 weeks, there needs to be a period at the end of that where you essentially take a break mm. and that's like a deload. And that, you know, in our gym, it, it, it's not really a huge consideration necessarily because people tend to have natural deloads by themselves. <laughs> they have a week where they go on holidays or they get sick, you know, like they catch a cold mm. and don't come into the gym for a couple of weeks or, uh, you know, get relocated for work. It's like, all right, well, you just deloaded. But we've noticed for people who are really staunch about getting into every session they can very easily cross into this overtraining thing, right? Absolutely. So training, making a program, you've got to periodize and you can use movement complexity. You could use exercise intensity. So it might be intensity referring to like lifting heavy or lifting light um, or training volume. How many reps per session are you doing? But it's really important to understand that and just factor that into your thinking. In the thinking, sometimes it's like, I don't need to periodize on this program. Like, it's but it's been considered yes you made that choice consciously no no, no we're good we're just gonna keep like we're just gonna stick with the same rep range and the same variations whatever for six weeks it, it works fine mm. say in jiu-jitsu you don't have to you don't really periodize i, I see yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. you know what i mean sure but in something like the lift program where joe's like she's talking percentages of people's one rep max she's talking different movement variations she's you know they big loads like people are lifting heavy stuff. Yep. That's going to be a huge consideration for her, right? Um, this is one that I really like, and I think this is very, very unique to us. Um, know the rules before breaking them. Have you broken them before? All the fucking time. <laughs> Have you seen our warm-ups? Give us an example. Uh, an example would be like, um, you do a warm up and you've got like we, we knee taps, one of our classic games we love to play mm. where you've got a partner and you're trying to tap their leg or their knee with your hand and not get, not let them tap yours. And it's like, come into the gym, do some drawing tapes. All right, knee taps guys, let's go. 30 second rounds. Like, you know, yep. people are laughing their heads off. People are falling all over the place. Like energy goes up. It's, you know, it's chaotic. It's awesome. What rule have you broken? Um, there was, there wasn't really a progressive stepping up of intensity leading them into this kind of high intensity drill, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, there wasn't perhaps like <laughs> uh, adequate activation of the nervous system. 
right? Progressively more challenging levels of skill and coordination and some, agi- the some agility stuff and, yeah. you know, yeah. some dynamic, maybe loosening, like addressing some of the, the, the inner thigh or the groin type area. Like, you know, if you, you're breaking rules there, right? If you're looking at it through the lens of conventional strength and conditioning, where it's like, well, what does the science tell us? Science tells us this. Yeah. But our science in that moment tells us, well, actually, I, I'm more concerned with people coming in and starting this class at a point of high energy and mixing with each other and getting touched and touching each other and like swapping some good vibes um, so that their, their mind is switched on and they're coming into the workout with positivity and, and motivation. Yeah. As opposed to, hey guys, we're going to do this very sequential kind of warm up. Might take us twenty minutes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. So you, you're you're acknowledging, all right, this is I'm sacrificing something here, but I'm doing it because I want to achieve this thing. Um, and I think that like that's really important. Again, it's that idea of you know what you want to do, you know what the science says or what the rules are, mm. and you're choosing to break them or you know bend them. Bend them. Yeah. And it's not without um, considerations for the things that you're breaking as well. Like, uh, for instance, um, you're going to consider the human beings that are walking in through the door and if someone can't partake, you're going to have something else for them. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Like I uh, I know these humans, we've been working, they've been members here and blah, blah, blah. And I know that no one has a shitty wrist or whatever and they all move well. Let's do this thing. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, you saw it – it happened in jiu-jitsu the other night. We had the grading on Monday night. Mm. Head coach, JT's like, hey, these two girls are getting Beck and Chloe getting their blue belts tonight. Congratulations, ladies. Congrats, um, congrats. First blue belts, uh, in-house blue belts at JB's. Good news. Um, but he's like, hey, um, the girls are going to roll for an hour straight, three-minute rounds, and for everyone that's in the class, make sure you're ready to go. Like, line up, because once so-and-so three minutes is up, next person's in. You know, you could argue how irresponsible that is, right? On so many levels, you sure. know, from a from a from an S and C perspective, you know, from a from an injury management perspective, or yeah, a risk yeah. of in- like all those things. Mm. And JT knows all that stuff, mm-hmm. but he's like, no, I'm choosing to throw these girls into the fire because I know that they've prepared for it, and I know that their training partners are responsible, and I know that this is going to really um, like leave an impression on them. They're going to remember this night forever. Mm -hmm. They got their blue belt. Yep. Um, And I know they're capable of it. And I know that, you know, yeah, I'm taking a small chance here, but I'm pretty confident it's going to be worthwhile. And it's going to test them in another realm. That's right. That they haven't been in before. Yeah. So it's like, you know, so that, that breaking of the rules thing is present in at many times. Yep. You know, and, and I think that this is something that, that we have always held close, um, since we started the Jungle Brothers, this carve your own path thing, which was like, yes, there is like this sports science and there are many aspects of it that mm, really, mm. you know, need to be adhered to. But if you don't fucking try to innovate and you don't try new things, well, nothing changes. Yeah, it's really important. The part of that point that you make is knowing that you're breaking them. You know, it's kind of like when you see something in the park someone's training someone you're like oh that doesn't look right they don't know they don't know <laughs> you know they don't know they've um, gone completely off piste 
they're like fucking banging down through the trees oh. and just like, oh, this is a great fucking drive. And you're like, mate, you are so far from <laughs> responsible <laughs> right road. now. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, no, you're knowing you're breaking the rules and knowing, you know, what area you're traveling into and knowing how to then manage that, you know, you know, you, you, JT, for instance, he's observing the whole thing. He's aware of the issues with it. We spoke about it in the meeting, the JITS meeting before we did that. Like it's all considered as opposed to just going in there and belting them and be like, yeah, that'll be right. Yeah. You know? Which, I mean, you know, there's, it's, it's, it's amazing when you, when you go into martial arts academies and you just say, holy fuck, there's a lot of rules being broken. Yes. You know, all the time. Without them knowing. That's, no, no, yeah, it's because yeah. it's just culturally, it's like, whatever, this is what we do. Yeah. You know? Um, fourth rule is keep it interesting. And this kind of goes back to that idea of coming up with something that engages the people doing it. Yeah, we touched on that. Yeah, you can fucking run the best class in the world, but if it's like boring as shit, people don't show up again for the next one. You got no members. It's really, you know, so what's it all for? Are you really serving that person? Yeah. By forcing them into that program? No, you're not, because they're not doing it. I know when I um, when I was really influenced in the movement realm, like when I first got into the Edo Portal stuff. Well, that's what I was saying before, unless you've got a bunch of robots. So when you were saying it before, I was like, huh, sounds like a bunch of coaching that I know. Yeah. Because <laughs> what they do is they're like, we don't give a shit whether you don't, it's not engaging or not, right? Because like, it's just a lot, of, a lot of volume and it's like a whole bunch and it's like, you just got to get it done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the movement, the movement game... Well, it attracts people who like, if, it depends, there's so many areas, but if you look at like, say the hardcore Edo Portal types, mm. um, they're really attracted to the outcomes. They want the movement. Mm. Teach me how to do that movement. So it's like, well, this is the shit sandwich you got to eat to get there. I want you to eat it five times a day, every week. You know what I mean? It's like, so they do it. And it's like, not a problem, like, cause I'm chasing that movement. Whereas when that person then starts working as a PT and they pick up a client here in the gym and that, that person in the gym looks at them and thinks, oh wow, I'd really like to be able to do what so-and-so does. And they're like, hey, teach me how to do that. And they're like, all right, well, here's the fucking program. This is what I did. Five shit sandwiches a day, every day for, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, hang on a second. That person who just started working with you, they didn't realize what it took to get to where you are. They're not actually that committed you've you applied the them. same template that worked for you mm. because you're a certain type of person. So yes. that, you know, that's where that issue comes up. Absolutely. I know for me it was, yeah, like for a period of my life, I was happy to, 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 you know, follow that type of work. And I started to apply it in the classes and I'm like, guys, this is what we're doing. I remember putting together an S&M workout that was like, oh, I was brutal. brutal. Oh dude, it was like, it was like, uh, like a Probably 20 second work. It's like a 20 second front lever, 20 second back lever, um, uh, fucking five laps of some loco shit and, and then a run <laughs> and then like a big run it's like 25 minute Mad. AMRAP let's go and people like people can't do like if you got people running and doing shit on the floor they can't do levers like they can't do 20 seconds of super high intensity strength work um, it's just you know and people people I remember a girlfriend of a guy trying to be like that workout sucked like I really didn't enjoy it and she was trying to tell me dude like that workout sucked <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you just need to keep coming. You know, yeah. I was like, I was like, I hear you, but yeah, you're just, Not really. you're, you're weak right now, you yeah. know? <laughs> um, but so it's like, you know, so then 
I bring the pendulum back a little bit. Ah, oh, okay, I need to soften up a little bit on this. I need to add in a little bit of that. And lo and behold, people start coming. You start to get better results from them because they're there. Mm. So it's like, it has to be interesting and you have to find kind of fun, new ways of addressing things that are also effective. Um, and just trailing back to that movement training, the movements are actually awesome. I, you know, the movements are, it's, it's not, what's not engaging. It's just, I was just thinking that the freaking demand of how much you got to do uh, uh, is asked of you to do is like really tough. Yeah. And mm. it's, yeah, yeah. It's, and it's the process of acquiring the movement is trick is tough. Yeah. There's a, Ido had a great um, analogy about that, which is that he described the one arm handstand as a sausage factory, mm. which is to say that everyone loves eating sausages until they go and visit the sausage factory and see how they're made. Oh, and it's like that's the reality of it. Like you want this thing, you think how it looks so cool. Mm. Well, I'll show you how it's made. I guarantee you're not going to want to do it. And I really think you know, kind of for for our people, the handstand is often like that. Mm. You know, it's mm. like not for everyone. There's a lot of people that like you know really sink their teeth into it. Yeah, love that journey. Um, but there's elements of that, like we talk about embracing the suck with bodyweight strength training. It's like this shit doesn't come easy. You have to endure some. I don't know, you know, some boring, mundane, hard sort of, you know, periods. For sure. In order to be able to break through and then be able to have that thing that looks mad at a party. Yeah, totally. You know, or on Instagram. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I've seen some people, just on a side note, going well with their handstands here in the gym lately. Um, that, two years ago, would have gone into the handstand class and sucked at it. And it was probably too, too much at that time. And then was maybe like, um, oh shit, I'm just, I'm not, you know, the handstand, it's really tough. Went on to continue training here. And as a result of getting stronger, being exposed to more things different, but along the same lines, I mean, they're still getting really strong and they're still building body awareness. They've been able to come back to handstands and it's like heaps more accessible to them and now they're doing handstands. Yeah, right. Um, which is which is cool, cool to see. Bit of a side note, but... Yeah, it's extremely cool. The entry level for the handstand for them at that time didn't work for them. They went and did some GPP somehow. and the General the, physical preparedness. And then they've come back and it's just more they can actually understand that vocab a bit more. So what I mean is like just going to the point is like if we got to them at that point and said, well, you want it, you just, just do it. Just keep on, just keep on running into that door with your head and eventually the door will be knocked down. It's like, well, why don't you try and, f you know, it's another way of going about it. And now they, you know. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. There's a thing there like where, yeah, you can have this process where it's like, okay, you want to do a handstand. Well, here's the process. You start with this and you just do it. Yeah. But sometimes the process for like a, for a new person is like, hey, let's just like, like just do some bodybuilding for a while. Like let's just put on some muscle, get in touch with your physicality a bit, you know? So that person, mm. whatever, they come to strength and movement, they come to lift, maybe they come to swole on a Friday night. Mm. You know, they're building coordination, uh, coordination awareness. Coordinates. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Heard it here first, fam. Co co awkwardness. Yeah. Um, putting on a bit of muscle, like all those things. Learning how to train. That's right. Like you know? there's so much in that. Yes. I remember hearing um, 
someone talk about it really is who the top uh, the top CrossFitters were at a period when Rich Froning was the king. He's like ex, you know, multiple time CrossFit champion. Mm. You ever seen the guy? He's fucking jacked, right? And they were talking about like the top CrossFitters, and what they were pointing out was that all of the top CrossFitters at the time, somewhere in their training journey, had come from a background really of like not bodybuilding, but like just pushing weights in the gym. So, you know, just going mm. to the gym and doing upper body, doing lower body, just doing that. And that formed a basis for them to go on to become, you know, whatever, impeccable CrossFitters. Um, mm-hmm. And they're kind of pointing out like, hey, there's a lot to be said for just getting stronger, putting on some muscle, getting in touch with your body, which is really what a lot of people do in a conventional gym mm. to provide a foundation to then be able to go and do more complex, more high skill things. Yeah, Totally. Totally. Yeah, I mean, we did that when we were young dudes, right? Just kind of in the gym pushing away. It wasn't highly effective, but it did something, you know, it gives you some kind of understanding. Like mm-hmm. I think that, you know, I think, yeah, like that's so, so relevant to this conversation about programming. Sometimes just that is the best thing for someone. It's not looking too deeply at, oh, this person's shoulder <clears> extension <throat> isn't quite ideal or perhaps they need a little bit more external rotation in their hips. It's like just start fucking training for a bit. Yeah get in touch yeah and then like then let's go into the reads and look at the finer details that's why i always find it like a bit odd that um and it, you know people can do whatever the hell they want but you know people who are like paul I, hold himself back from swearing then i did <laughs> heck I've got a daughter now joey's <laughs> 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 mum the thumb up the thumb up my mum doesn't stick her middle <laughs> finger up at people in traffic she sticks her thumb up. <laughs> she do like the bicep grab. Nah, she yeah, just she goes, just goes ah, hey, out the window or something. Yeah. <laughs> Good on ya. Um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, people who are like, I only do body weight. I only work with body weight. You know, it's like uh, I work with people, and everything I do is body weight. Like to get them to their goals, it's body weight movements. So it's like, if you. You know, like they well, like they got a thing against lifting weights. Yeah, well, they just make it their corner, so then they kind of make it a thing. Yeah, um, where it's not part of what they offer. Yeah, even though that would serve the person better. And like what I'm saying is, people can do whatever they want. Maybe they only train people in the park, so they have to. But there's, I'm sure I've seen it's like just, yeah, it's body weights. Yeah, people who are, they're held back by their own dogma. Correct, Amanda. It's insane. Yeah, so like th- they need it probably just lift some weights it's way more accessible for that put person a, put on a bit of muscle that type of thing and yeah. and you know body weight's very hard to teach someone i find who's a complete beginner that has zero body awareness and pushing some weights with an external object it's very easy for people to understand they can start to build connections with their freaking arm you know yeah. <laughs> pushing pulling and and that sort of thing and anyway i just yeah this you've got to see You've got to really look at, like you said, what's the goal here and how, what's the best way to get there with considering all factors. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really good point. And I mean, I think by nature our gym is kind of, I mean, we have our own dogma, but it's, kind of, yeah. it's kind of broad and we're like, hey, we offer all this stuff and we think that that combination of stuff is what's going you know, to really help most people, mm. you know, reach their physical best. Um, you get people within that who are like, I just want to do this one thing. And, and yeah, yeah, you're like, wow. You suggest, you try to influence, but it's like, yeah, it's fine if you just want to do that. But yeah, I mean, there's so much benefit in that 
for a beginner, pushing a bit of weight, doing a bit of body weight stuff. An easy way to kind of frame that for people to think about, like if you're relatively new to the whole strength thing, um, you could go and do like some seated rows or lat pull downs on a machine, or you could go and work on some like chin up progressions, you know, or mm. like which are really fucking hard. Mm. So sometimes that easier thing, which is some seated rows, some lat pull downs, is a, is like a step through mm. to get you to the harder thing. Yeah. That said, we don't have those machines here, so if yeah. you're at our gym, TS. We, yes. We have ways around it. But yeah, I think that's really important. Um, that's kind of like in terms of that list that, that we're looking at, that's really it. It finishes again with that being creative piece, which is kind of written in there twice. But I think um, for someone who's programming, it's like you want to be considerate of all those factors. You want to think, who is it that I'm working with? What, what, who is this group of people or this individual? What do they want to achieve? Like what have they told me they want? what's my interpretation of what they're telling me, right? Because they're often two different things. Someone comes in, they're like, oh, I just want to get a bit fitter. And you're like, I know there's more to it than that. That's just what you're saying because either you don't feel comfortable to articulate it to me or you don't know how to articulate it. Mm. Um, but then what do I know that they need? And then you're trying to hit a sweet spot between all of them. Yeah, totally. Um, and fucking make it fun, God damn it. What other programs do we have in the gym? Not that we're going to break them all da- down. We've got Five Factory. Five Factory lift, handstand, body weight, strength and movement, stretch, mm. jiu-jitsu. Yeah. There's a bit going on. Yeah. They Is all it? follow these programming principles. I was just rattling off in my head, yeah. Yeah, fucking earth. <clears throat> I mean, but there's great variety in all of them, which is also cool. Absolutely, you, know, you get you get people get different things out of different classes. Mm, it's nice; mm. it keeps it keeps it engaging for them. gives them gives people an opportunity to choose their own adventure within the gym. We've seen people who have come through as like staunch advocates of strength and movement. That's their class. They love it. I love running around the block. I love getting a sweat on. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> That's my idea of a workout. Mm. And then you know maybe a year and a half, two years later, they're like, oh, I'm really loving body weight, and I've started doing jujitsu, and it's awesome. Mm. And you're like, That's so cool because maybe you would have left the gym to go find a gym that, like if we just did one thing, mm. you know, if we just did conditioning, then you would have gone, oh, I've gone to this strength gym for a while. Or, or more likely they would just never, ever try that thing. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Mm. Yeah. Wouldn't, they'd never be exposed to it. Yeah. Like people who just don't want to, like barbells is just something they never thought that they would do. A lot of women, um, or jiu-jitsu, like you said before, yeah. But it's in your face here. Yeah, we force that shit onto people. Guys, if you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend, let them know. If you know someone who's a coach, flick it across to them. Maybe you could help them dial in their programming a little bit better. Um, If you're interested in anything that we're doing, you can get at us, junglebrothers.com. We've got the Coaches Intensive, as I mentioned at the beginning, August 21, 22. It's open to anyone who wants to join the Alliance and become a remarkable coach. Um, Probably also like if there's people listening who aren't attached to our gym and they They've been training on their own and they're kind of just doing a bunch of stuff or they go to gyms on their own. I know a lot of people who just train it. I still find that pretty fascinating now. I mean, we're all short of time. Who's got spare time? People go to the gym. 
um, and just go a couple of times a week and do a run and they just do random stuff at the gym. Yeah. You know, and, and there might- machines available. Yeah. If you know that friend, share this episode and just enlighten them that there's actually, you could be doing it heaps better. You might be able to work less even, but you know, for get more. a program. We got, we got PTs here. We can write programs for you if you can't come to the gym. You know, you can do it online. You can, there's all different ways that we can organize that. But if you want to actually get an individualized program and some actual coaching, unless you hate time, of course, and you just like wasting it. <laughs> Brutal. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, damn right. Yeah. Get at us, junglebrothers.com or on the IG at junglebrothersmovement. Thanks, Paul. I'll catch you next week. Thanks, Joey. Thanks for listening, guys. See you.